0: Welcome to the next chapter of As the Story Grows. I'm Brian Patton. This week, I'm stoked to share my chat with Adam Woody Woodford and Fabian Lomas from London hardcore band Polar. Polar will release Everywhere Everything this Friday, January 13th on Arising Empire Records. It's the first must-listen-to record of the new year, so don't miss it. Listening to Polar's discography was pure joy and a reminder of why I love heavy music, so if you haven't checked out this band, make sure you dive in. But guys, talk about growing up at the peak of the new metal era and how Chino inspired a love of heavy music, working with the label in Europe versus the States, and how COVID impacted writing new music. This was an absolutely delightful chat. And if you join the mailing list this week, I have some behind the scenes information about this conversation and how it changed the podcast going forward. A link to the Substack page will be in the show notes. Enjoy getting to know Woody and Fabian from Polar. How's it going? Good, how are you? Good,
1: man. I'm good. Thank you very much for the interview. Um, I don't know if a couple of the other lads are going to come on as well. Oh, okay. Uh, I'll drop them a quick message. But how are you doing?
0: Good, good. How are, how are things over there?
1: Yeah, good. Yeah, not bad. Uh, yeah, it's obviously like coming to the end of the year now, so everything's kind of really bustling. Um, And I think everything's trying to balance between uh, the... Living crisis of financially and actually right. trying to do Christmas at the same time. Right. So, uh Yeah, it is it, pretty uh, it's pretty crazy some days, and then it's uh, other days. I think people are realizing they've got no money to spend. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's it's okay. It's uh, I mean, to be honest, I'm kind of wishing most of the end of the year away because <laughs> I wanted to release our record for about two years. So, uh, this uh, getting this year last bit of December out of the way to get to January is quite a blessing. So yeah. But yeah, very nice to meet you. I'm Woody. So, Rad, Rad. i um,
0: been getting to discover your band uh, over the last like uh, few weeks. Uh, it's been awesome. I was listening to um, No Cure, No Savior today, and it's one of those records where I was like, yeah this is why i like heavy music like this this sound and this is why i like heavy music and i love having those experiences still so
1: thank you no um yeah i can i can completely relate it's like hearing something and then totally absorbing it um yeah so no i really appreciate your kind words thank you yeah yeah it's great
2: hello hey buddy how you doing good how are you yeah you're not
1: you're not not on the video yet mate (laughs) am i not no
2: you're just you're just your phone name oh there you are there we go hang Beautiful. on <laughs> two sets how is everybody everyone okay yeah hey, good Good. yeah yeah we good were, we were just starting so yeah sorry sorry if i'm a little bit late no,
0: yeah no good. Good. i just said uh, i've been uh loving the band and getting to discover it it's it's great um,
2: oh that's good that's really good to hear mate thank yeah, you
0: yeah doing the podcast has opened me up and like working with a bunch of a rising empire bands like i get to discover the european scene and that's um, fucking phenomenal so it's it's great yeah yeah
2: yeah. how how Um, are you finding it like how does it differ have you have you noticed any big differences
0: um i think it's starting to be less different but i feel like and who did i talk to recently i talked to someone recently who told me that i was full of shit Uh, (laughs) um but i found like european bands there's a lot more willingness to um experiment and wear like influences on their sleeves and not be so like stuck to like this is metalcore, and everything sounds like Kill Switch and oath right? So, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. um, so two great th-
2: bands, but I guess, yeah, you do need some uh diversity at least,
0: right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like uh, a city in color, uh, no, the city is ours. Where I was like, it's like metalcore backstreet boys, and
1: it's it's fucking great, <laughs> might can sing. yeah. My boy can sing, he can hold a note, yeah. Uh, they just did a, a Christmas cover of a very famous english song which uh, fab will know uh east 17 stay now uh that one right. that. uh yeah that that did make me chuckle quite a lot but yeah they can do it they are a yeah. like, very good analogy. That is a <laughs> analogy yeah i told that to them and they were like i guess that's a compliment and i was like it is it is <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, sounds
3: <weird. laughs>
0: it sounds weird but I, I mean it i mean it well uh so <laughs> what got each of you into music
2: uh, uh god what got what got us into music at a young age you mean yeah or when yeah. It, yeah uh, uh De- Tones for
1: me actually me and fab are the same age in the band and uh there's a couple of uh probably mutual bands uh there was a band called vision of disorder <laughs> yeah great <laughs> That, that, great that uh, you know excusing the pun that that had uh, an impact on uh on uh on our like musical kind of direction uh but yeah, Deftones. Deftones was a massive one for me. I um, I saw. I'm going to show my age now. I saw Deftones in 1998, I think, in London. uh I just heard uh My Own Summer, which had uh, absolutely blown my mind, coming out of a background of listening to a lot of Limbiscuit and corn <laughs> and and being like heavily soaked in a new metal because that all came out when we when I was young. Like I was yeah. in that in that in that era. Uh, yeah.
2: I lived in in, in the UK new metal was really big like it it exploded you know in that what sort of era there would like yeah
1: 98 99 that early 2000 scene you know the big scene that recently got documented on that Woodstock 99 yeah uh yeah we were just getting those bands over here and that was exploding but Deftones were the band that for me had uh, a little bit more angst to them in a more aggressive manner more and more violent manner yeah. uh, I found some of the other new metal was good it was angry music but it was like the to see you Ch- screaming was like well, this guy means the words that are coming out of his yeah. mouth like this he's feeling this like he's really feeling every emotion for his body while he's doing it uh and I think that was a big game change for me I saw that uh I also saw his trousers hanging around his ankles so I didn't <laughs> trousers around my ankles for about a good 10 years which yeah. i will actually openly say on interviews now i did do that my ass <laughs> out of my trousers and i thought i was cool you know waddling around like a penguin uh but the the music the, it grabbed me and that and that threw me towards bands like glass jaw um and that more post hardcore kind of scene like quicksand um and that exposed me to that that genre and uh and that's the genre i guess we kind of like found mutual agreements on where we wanted to take polar or start polar and and being that more hardcore kind of the hardcore metal edge more than the uh than the metal metal edge was yeah. more where i grew up in and i think that's probably the same for fab really though
2: yeah i mean a, a lot of those bands you mentioned were much to say i mean i think when i was probably a bit younger nirvana was probably an early one you know that brought, brought me into that uh machine head obviously like that was probably the, f- the first heavy metal band that i really started listening to uh at a really young age um yeah it was machine head and and then yeah like you said moved on death tones the new metal era definitely i got into that <laughs> ugly kid <laughs> joe i remember that band being ugly kid my, joe yeah yeah walk to school listen to America's most hated, or whatever it was called. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Biohazard with one headphone in my ear in yeah. school.
2: Uh, in the cat's uh, in the cradle yeah. in the. <laughs> 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 what Did it
1: is, it's a banger.
2: It's, it's incredible.
1: <laughs> this whole interview isn't going to be about our album. It's just about mine and Fab's musical. Yeah, musical yeah. Really. yeah. Um Yeah. But yeah, they all had the impacts. Like I think they. Those are the moments where I guess for the age I was, they were the most impressionable times where I, I looked at artists and bands as a fan and and sort of the yarn into to become a musician, you know, to be on that stage. That was the moment that, that really kind of grabbed me by the, the ears and said like this, you want to do this. Uh, and I I hear it in so many interviews as well because, yeah, I think part of that was then you saw got exposed to the whole show. Yeah. You wanted to know what's going on backstage. I can tell you what, it's a lot of guys on their phones, uh, looking <laughs> at mindless stuff. Uh, like, but in your head, you have these like really big envisions of it all. And and the idea of like performing an angry and quite aggressive song in an emotional way and seeing people react to it. Those were the moments in those bands that I saw that that was like wow this is this is mad yeah you know, they this band have managed to reach this many people and 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 they all feel the same way and you know and I think Fab's right you know Nirvana really were a big one that started that off like massively
2: yeah, yeah so I think yeah th- those bands mixed with at that time I think my, my brother started playing guitar and obviously being younger than him i was like oh, i want to play guitar too you know <laughs> and, then, and that was it I, I just picked up the guitar and then uh yeah just carried it on going you know and m- mixed with those bands that we mentioned there it, that's what was the the you know the imaginative juices they were the inspirations the origins yeah. you know
1: yeah yeah where did you both uh grow up uh south london south really. london yeah. yeah um so uh we're both like in the countryside of london and suburbs mm-hmm. uh perhaps a bit closer to central than i am um i'm about 45 minutes into central london where i am i uh, think about 25. Nice. Uh but yeah we we grew up being in london that was the big city where everything happened and uh, luckily that's where all the shows were happening yeah. um and that's the you know to, become emerged in as in all the scenes all the different scenes we're building you know you could see them and the ones that you kind of sort of see today so yeah like London is it has a lot to, to say thanks for for what we've we've been exposed for musically anyway it, it,
2: it was the place to go obviously for uh you know any of the the larger bands that you wanted to watch like me and Woody would obviously go out and watch you know uh go to local venues and watch you know, bands in those sorts of areas. But if you wanted to watch some of the big sort of international bands, yeah, London was on the doorstep, you know, Brixton, Astoria, those those sorts of venues, it was just it was rife for it, really. You yeah. could you you know you could go to the city city and and there'd be probably eight or nine shows on in the same city that you could you know what I mean you had such a pick every weekend, every night really. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Was there a good uh like underground hardcore scene?
1: oh yeah it it grew yeah and that's at the time we kind of came out in 2009 that hardcore scene had flourished and one band had laid the seed and basically grown the plant that we all sort of became stems from and that was gallows Mm -hmm. and gallows came out and that just blew the hardcore scene into this much more massively commercial not commercial but like much more exposed market suddenly these underground hardcore shows that we were all going to when we were younger like I played a lot in bands growing up and I'm sure most of the guys in all the band have done it is uh play loads of shows in Scout huts School halls, uh, back rooms of pubs. I mean, we we did back rooms of pubs with Hola, but you you everywhere that shouldn't be a venue. We've probably yeah. played in, uh and that's <laughs> where it starts. And you know, suddenly there was this in the uh, in like between 2007 and 2009. There was a real surgence of like hardcore, like the real kind of spitty, aggressive, uh very fast like very like energetic punk had kind of resurged again you suddenly like in from like over the seas we were getting bands like cancer bats and trash talk mm-hmm. and then like over here we were doing gallows and gallows literally they just kind of came out at the right time with the right sound they looked perfect for it and it just it, it blew that kind of underground scene to the to the overground and mm-hmm. we, we ended up doing a tour with <laughs> Our first tours, um, yeah, to see a band go from playing like uh, there was a venue in London in Camden called The Underworld, Mm -hmm. you see, playing that to like 600 kids, then the next thing you know, they're on like the main stage at download to you know 20,000 plus, yeah, it's uh, but yeah, there was a big, big underground scene, and there still is now, um, but there's I guess hardcore, such a a multi-genre word, anyway, right. yeah you know like you could have post hardcore you, you've got your straight up old school kind of hardcore there's a big scene in London for that um where it's just literally kind of very small shows still uh very much a, a collective community of, of, of and the shows are always very well attended uh, and it's very beat down orientated Uh, a lot of that stuff is yeah it's quite it's aggressive and it's just beat down you know you don't hear much singing in those moments but it has a it has a movement it has a following um and that following has been going for quite a long time then you just you can kind of get more into your like Post-hardcore kind of scenes, and they're they're generally a lot bigger. Like some of those bands have kind of really blown up, like Two Show More, like a much bigger. Yeah, yeah. that more like, we toured with bands like theater back in the day, and yeah, they like were the the ones that stepped up from playing like. Very much basement stuff, so they were like venues, and then you know, then it goes into the metalcore scene, really. Like, so the different tiers have all got different things going on, they all kind of bleed into each other. But it's just such a big, like, the word hardcore has so many tentacles. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, yeah, I remember
0: my teen years going to hardcore shows in church basements, and there's like 30 people, and then like turnstile. I'm in Washington, DC, and turnstile just played like one of the biggest venues here, and you're just
1: like. Well,
3: fuck, like, That's great. <laughs> like.
1: Yeah, yeah. When, yeah. when, yeah. Like, it's it's popularity, like, has increased. Yeah, I think there's more people into hardcore nowadays. Um, I I generally think people. It just almost like felt one day like some that's like the penny dropped mm-hmm. so everyone was like boom all right i get it like it no. makes sense and then turnstile played to twenty thousand people yeah like yeah. it's yeah, like, yeah. like it's like suddenly oh wow like this yeah oh this all this all makes sense but like yeah it's it's an ever-developing genre of music yeah and that's what excites us i guess what excites myself to be doing is uh it doesn't suddenly for a first time it doesn't feel like it's got boundaries and doors Mm -hmm. to it anymore like and walls it feels like it it can be done in loads of different things can be done and you can apply different things to that that sound and it doesn't feel like it has to just stay traditional but I like the traditional stuff, you know, that's the, the grassroots of it, you know, without bands like Agnostic Front, uh, like H2O, you know, these uh, Gorilla Biscuits, like the real old school, like straight up hardcore stuff, mm-hmm. like Minor Threat. Yeah, they were the guys that, that kicked it off. They 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 lit the fuse that has been slowly running to explode to what we are mm-hmm. living through now. So yeah. you've got to like appreciate and completely like value your roots of it but it's just it's it's gone like everywhere now you know yeah, yeah it's it's not unheard of for a hardcore band to put electronics in their music yeah, yeah, so. yeah.
0: Let's talk about the band. How did Polar get started?
1: Wow.
2: Uh, (laughs) uh, It's many, many 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 years ago. Yeah, we were a mix of... Essentially, we were all local to each other. Um, Mm -hmm. So we inevitably were in sort of, uh, you know, different bands from around the scene. Bands came, bands went. You know, people were in and out of bands all the time. And, um, yeah, essentially, like my band at the time and Woody's band, uh, we played a show together, um, hung out a little bit and ultimately um, Woody asked me to to join the band and it was actually under a different name <clears throat> to Polar, but that was I guess, you know, the first time i had met or spent time with Woody to the extent of being in a band with him. And then, uh, yeah, we just decided with a few other friends, the timing was right to start this band. Um, and And that was it. We just wrote, what, like five songs, wrote an EP. We wanted to go
1: on tour, I think. And that was it, yeah. None of the local bands we played in or played with had ever toured. Like, the idea of touring was this big, like, wow, you know, like... If your band was going to do that, you were then deemed as this. Well, they've, they've been on tour, you know, like uh, and I think we wrote enough songs to have a set together so we could do one tour and just be like, we did a tour, you know, <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> we did these five songs. Uh, and then what cocked up the small plan of being like, oh, we did a tour. We've done five songs is that uh, we got picked up by a record label called Wolf Adore Records uh back through MySpace, if I remember correctly like yeah, we're, <laughs> yeah uh yeah so I put some tracks up on a player and people had got in contact and we had gone through the ups and downs of playing some turbulent shows of promoters that weren't promoters and all sorts and uh yeah and a record label came along and uh the one tour with five songs has now led to 13 years and five <laughs> albums so mm. uh, yeah doing well off that one tour but yeah we just uh we were like a local band that wanted to do more than just play the local shows which were always good they were well attended but they were your friends it was a mm. safety net it felt yeah. it was good they were great they were great shows they were good fun but they were always well attended because you knew your mates were all into it uh they were all in that scene you know a lot of them have grown up and they've moved away from it and gone to different areas of their lives but at that period in time like everyone was into it so the shows were always really good but you were just always kind of like playing to your mates and it was something totally yeah. like I "Wonder what would be like to play in glasgow <laughs> It'd be like play man yeah would people come if we played hit and yeah so we we just started hitting people up and being like we want to we were doing gig swaps we were meeting other bands and being like cool we've got these five songs this is what we sound like you do some shows at your town do you want to come play us and and it was just a lot of that early part of like doing polar was just being online and talking to another band and being like you have got your stuff's cool Do you want to play a gig like and then you can play where we're playing and we can play where you're in we just kind of started doing that and we did that for quite a long time but um and uh there was no real deep meaning to the name either we we literally sat in a car park and we worked a name that would look good on a (laughs) t-shirt there you go that's it like hot off the face it was (laughs) not just the t-shirt it was just a what we our old band that we started together the fab and i uh that was called the comanche cipher which is absolutely <laughs> mouthful. uh To <Yeah. laughs> say that in a really noisy crowded pub or club to someone it, it <laughs> had to say it about four times and they still didn't get it there by the end they were just agreeing mm. um and i think when we we changed members and we stepped up and we formed, more, formed the band that became uh it was like the main thing for us was like the name it had to be something that just looked bold yeah Obviously. yeah bold and simple and stood out yeah no. would it look good in these four yeah you know, in a battery back- early days when you're daydreaming which luckily did become kind of real or has real become real it's like backdrops to you know, how would it always look on all the different formats mm. um and we just like the way the word polar looked and it, it looked it's a cool word i yeah. think yeah uh, it's the only problem i guess when we look back on that as a bit of a reflection it's a very used word which yeah. makes it incredibly hard to use google sometimes but <laughs> uh like i think i still stand by it it's, it's been a very strong choice to go with um and then yeah as they say the rest is history we've, uh, and we've been been writing as we go along really yeah
0: yeah what led you guys to a rising empire from prosthetic?
1: yeah uh what, what album is that from uh no cure and then yeah. into nova uh yeah that was uh
2: I think only- that's, it's, it's our connection to like the strengths that we have in in germany and in europe yeah. like uh, you know germany especially but across europe and the uk is like <coughs> i think you know we we both have a, a stronghold there and to sign to a uh, you know um a label from there was was I I guess sort of the, 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 the earliest connection to it. And, you know, you just took a look at their roster that they had and it's like, okay, great. Well, you know, we're, we're joining a good bunch here. Um, Like their dialogue, like the way they came across and, you know, it was, it was all that kind of thing. And, you know, you just sort of feel it, I guess. And, and it's been great. Yeah. Yeah. It's,
1: uh, it it felt like, it felt like it was good to take the, the band, to a label that was closer to home like prosthetic were great and we had a good relationship it was strong but the, it was always very quiet sometimes hard because of time differences and the way that we were working um and that just put strain sometimes it's like nobody was doing anything wrong but it's like you're trying to sort of yeah. move something that is in time zones. so and Horizon are an amazing home and it was just like yeah it just it felt naturally the the strongest way to to move the band to to Arise in. Mm -hmm. um and and to a a really good strong family orientated kind of label you know they 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 take the bands that they care on about with them so um and it's just it's a good it's a good place it just feels it feels right um and I think uh I think you just you've got to if you want to excel in the industry you've just got to surround yourself with the people that you think you're fully trusting with, you know, and and arising we fully trust you yeah, know, yeah. everything we do with, so
0: The record is out january 13th everywhere everything talk to me about uh how covid impacted this release you said we've been wanting to release this for
1: two years i mean a short way of explaining this
2: <laughs> <laughs> well i mean so so i guess the, the way it started for us was we were mid-tour um playing playing you know um our nova sort of campaign mm-hmm. um across europe and it was all going great and then obviously bang that's literally when the you know the you know the outbreak you know the pandemic started uh we were on tour with a bunch of international bands who all needed to fly back pretty instantaneously to america <laughs> australia etc so that was literally the end though so suddenly we're now at home and we're like right well we don't know what's going to happen we better start writing mm-hmm. well of course the uk went into lockdown like like much of the world and uh we found ourselves just having to record individually in our homes and no matter if it was like you know a guitar line or a full song or half a song it was getting pinged about a zoom meeting about bits and bobs and it was you can you know trying to dissect an album of that sort of depth is uh, a long long process on zoom not speaking not seeing each other yeah was just like this is hard work like you know what i mean just um we would have zoom calls about a particular note in a guitar line that just oh we might want to change and people weren't agreeing so it's like <laughs> well let's have a chat but, and that was a whole call about, it was necessary yeah but it was like whew, you know after a while it was a lot and yeah i don't know we just plowed on we plowed through certain lockdown restrictions started lifting and then we could meet up and start demoing together, and you know, formulating these ideas into more of a uh, an agreed form, you know, structure. And then, yeah, I guess we ploughed on. I think that was that, wasn't it? Wood?
1: well, yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It was tough. Mm-hmm. It was real tough. Um, I, I think if you look on it in reflection, like we're super proud of this record. It is possibly, it will be our strongest work mm-hmm. we've ever done. Um, because we had the time to do it, I imagine over two years, uh but you don't really understand why you're living this, like we've taken a process of making an album in a format that we've never done before in probably one of the hardest things that the human race was going through with a brand new lineup mm-hmm. yeah uh, and when you write albums the the understanding that I've definitely taken away from this is you need that chemistry. Like, and that chemistry has to kind of be woven in to make the process like fluid, make the songs, ideas flourish, like grow. And uh, and suddenly you didn't have that fluidness. So it did create this real kind of stress on your mental health because you never knew like how someone was reacting. Like if you had put the four, like the five of us at the time in the room together, on some of the things that we really kind of struggled with, they would have been ironed out in seconds, yeah. like <laughs> seconds. Like, you, you know, that idea would have been, you know, like, dotted the I's, crossed the T, let's go, on to the next thing. But because of the stress we were, like, having to develop the ideas in, in the formats we were using, like, those small things that could be cleared up in seconds took months. Really? Like, sometimes weeks. Like, there were points where... um Yeah, i think everyone just kind of like got so frustrated in it like that it was like nobody really knew what to say to each other yeah you you were hitting a lot of brick walls on things sometimes that didn't necessarily need a brick wall like or you were literally all agreeing on something but because of the angles you're coming it was like the it was very hard to to put those early structures together um and to not like become misconstrued in messages you know when you're using things like whatsapp as well it's like again yeah but you you forget the basic forms of communication if you're in a room with someone because something can be so resolved so quick Mm. but like to read someone's whatsapp yeah it's hard sometimes to gauge you know do they like this idea have i you know have i just written a whole page of gibberish you know (laughs) like yeah it's like but then you don't know on the other end someone's doing so yeah life it was changing so everyone's kind of adapt yeah so it wasn't always like the first thing someone was going to do so uh as soon as we got the opportunity to be back together we were we weren't allowed in people's houses so you had to go in our garden so we went to my garden (laughs) we were just uh and that's you we we had to put the songs together but to a degree I think we we had to kind of put ourselves back together mm-hmm. because yeah we've had these big distances although we'd been very vocal and been very together uh it, it it, sometimes it's hard then all of a sudden to put the you know in you're all in a group together like it was so it was a, a real rebuild on both parts and a, a, a real learning curve for everyone so yeah. um and it and it, you know it only made us a lot stronger in the end um
2: yeah but, it, it gave us actually, the ability to uh it, it forced us to have to meet up a lot to in order to get this thing written this album written but what it did do is that we could become real stringent we could nitpick and you know we'd be meeting up you know all the time so we would with a fine-tooth comb like go through these songs go through the lyrics go through the placements the rhythms you know is this But p- probably more so than we've ever had the opportunity to do on any previous album and i think that um, attention attention to detail like is in the end result um you know mm-hmm. i think i think a lot of it has come come through on uh, on the record itself which i'm pleased about and it was it makes it all worthwhile in the end because like you say there were moments where it's like my god is, this is this is <laughs> hell on earth <laughs> but yeah you know, now, now, now we're now we're out the other side it's like okay this feels good like yeah. i like that yeah we, we also like
1: disappeared off <laughs> social media <for> two years. <laughs> like completely didn't say a word not a single not a word to i mean apart from the close people to us like it was like i guess people thought we'd gone like just dissolved yeah. uh, in theory we were actually working harder than ever to try and build what was aiming to be our biggest record while we were writing it in probably the hardest situation it was a very uh very strange time to be alive I think for everyone but we got through we definitely yeah. got through.
0: yeah are there are any uh lyrical themes running through this record there seems to be a lot of like religious imagery in some of the song titles
1: you're actually the second person that said
2: that Uh, (laughs) I don't don't think it's it's not a conscious thing um because it's it's been on some of our previous records as well uh or has it been highlighted to us at least and um I don't think it's like a uh it's not a religious thing um
1: you just like the wording strong strong imagery yeah yeah.
2: It, 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 it brings it brings a certain amount of imagery to Mm -hmm. it for sure um i mean coming back to like the writing the you know the the messages in the songs like you said before i think we've you know from when we talked about the band starting and how young or the age we were when we were there now with the age we are now you know going Mm -hmm. 10 years you know we're we're sort of different people in a different time Mm -hmm. and so um this album is a snippet of us now and so it's it's yeah they're going to have different themes on it and the lyrics lyrical content is going to is going to be maybe somewhat a little bit deeper because they're things that matter you know and when we were younger we had you know probably a bit more of a carefree attitude you know it was a bit more angst rather than anything yeah. you know whereas right. now and, and i like that about the yeah. band now is that there's the opportunity to actually get something off your chest yeah you know what i mean because when a song is delivered with conviction and 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 you mean it from the you know it 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 comes across different it hits differently and and i think that's one thing i like about at least contributing to any sort of lyrics or 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 any ideas musical or anything you know it's it's getting that getting some stuff that you've got in your own life sort of off your chest a bit you know you've got the perfect forum you're in a band jesus right that's what i'm going to sing about this you know do you know what I mean like yeah some people it's political some people it's really you know. so for us or for me at least you know I think it's somewhat personal
1: I th- I think with the themes of it is it was um it was obviously a period in time we as Fab said we obviously stopped this tour we were on and went straight into writing and uh I guess the main focus in my what I bring to the table is uh is a lot of the lyrics and the concepts and the ideas. It was very hard not to write about a virus (laughs) like that (laughs) yeah well that's the thing that yeah it was a go-to isn't it like you you, everything you are being shown and everything you're being exposed to and everything your consciousness is picking up is viruses for out. uh and it was yeah you just kind of you it's on the nose isn't it you're just like i can't do that so what we did is we explore well what i did is started going walking around a lot of the woods where i used to walk as a teenager and as a kid um, which brought a lot of nostalgic like vibes back to me and i kind of explored the relationship between people in what we were going through like what different relationships whether it be like nostalgic relationships where things you know situations have changed you know and they were changing like uh like situate my friendship groups have all changed everything's changed well those relationships have all were at one point very different to what they are now um and while we were going through that i i kind of really felt that i felt that a lot and it was like i felt that was a real like subject feeling it was like we could i was really explaining like the feeling that i had new it wasn't just doom and gloom there was lots of like good things happening but then there was other bad things i mean but they were all involving like personal relationships and relate or, or relationships between people the human connection uh and it really like kind of interested me that human connection the test that the human connection was going through because we were built to be a species that socializes and suddenly severed yeah that's gone we we, your purpose on earth is is now been severed uh, at the core and it was like that affects everything affects everything else it's like a jolt in time um and that that really spurred on a lot of the ideas and the feelings behind some of the songs like it, the, that whole that human connection whether good bad happy sad yeah. it was there i was feeling you know i was feeling we were all feeling it we all had yeah. different connections to things that were going on whether they were personal or worldly it was a there was a it all kind of had a real deep rooted core to the human connection so and that was really really effective <laughs>
0: Thanks for listening to As the Story Grows. Our intro music was written and composed by Jeremy Hunt. The As the Story Grows theme is by Bob Nana. If you like what you hear, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give us a rating and review. If you'd like to support the show financially, you can join us at patreon.com slash as the story grows. Be a part of our community and join the ongoing conversation over on Discord. If you enjoy this episode, share it on social media with your friends. Much appreciated.
3: Uh... I...